Welcome, Wildcat fans, to the Weber State Weekly Volleyball Show, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. And I'm your host, Colby Peterson, on the show again tonight with me. I've got Jessica Euler. Jessica, uh, great weekend. I saw you took the trip up to Logan and uh, what a game it was to be up in Logan. Yeah, it was. I am so glad we bought those tickets and made the trip. It was, you know, one I'll remember forever for sure. So, yeah, good Uh, if you guys didn't make it, I mean, the football show came out today. So if you're interested, go check that out. It's in in podcast feeds wherever you want to get them right now. You can get it on YouTube. You can get it on uh, social media as well. But uh, yeah, we talked all about that football uh, matchup against Utah State. We had Desmond Williams on to talk a little bit about that. And so uh, we got the uh, the inside on that pick six that really kind of broke the Aggies back. So great yeah, game, man. yeah, that's what we've been talking about the last two days on campus. So <laughs> it's wow. a good one for sure. So let's talk a little bit about today's show. Uh, we have a player interview for you folks. We have sophomore setter Kate Standiford, the professor on Weber State Weekly tonight. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about her journey to Weber State. Uh, talked a little bit about the last couple of seasons and now her starting role as the setter for the Wildcats. So we'll go through all of that. Then we'll have some match analysis for you. We'll be talking about the matches at UC Irvine against Gonzaga and then at Cal State Fullerton before the Wildcats made the trip back to Ogden. And then uh, for the first time this season, we're busting out Waldo's Magic eight ball so we're gonna eight ball is uh after a summer off if it's you know in good spirits or not we'll find out really quickly won't we but, yeah, uh, we will. <laughs> yeah but before we want to get into all that want to encourage everybody subscribe to the show apple podcast spotify stitcher all good places to find weaver state weekly you can also listen to it on youtube you can listen to it on social media we stream directly to facebook and twitter and then of course if you go straight to weberstateweekly.com and go to the podcast tab it will be the first one up there or you can just go through and look they're all there for you. Uh, we're also on social media. Like I said, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, good places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. Twitter, especially on game day. Um, this weekend, a little bit complicated because we've got a couple of matches going up on Saturday. So I would say that, I mean, don't interact with us on Twitter. Just go to the games. Go Club Swenson. Go to Stewart Stadium. Uh, lots going on there. And then, of course, patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly to become a supporter. We want to thank all of our patrons for helping us keep the lights on here at Weber State Weekly. Thank you to you guys for doing that. So, all right, we're through the intro. Now let's bring in sophomore setter, Kate Staniford. Kate, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out of a busy schedule, no doubt. Uh, Semester's just starting, and so I'm sure that after about three weeks now, it's starting to get real. But thanks for taking some time to chat with us on Weber State Weekly. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we're excited too. Um, And so let's, uh, let's, let's start, I mean, because... We, we know, me, mentioned the fact that you're a sophomore now, uh, so not too far away from high school. And so because of that, I wanted to kind of go back to some of your high school experience. Um, reading through the bio, uh, finding out that you were actually on a uh, 5A state championship volleyball team at your alma mater, Sky Ridge High School, along with playing club volleyball in 2017 as well. Uh, had a, a nice run there. I wanted to ask, I mean, playing at a high level like that, playing in a state championship game in Utah where, I mean, We've seen, we've got some really great local recruits on this year's team. I mean, Utah is a really good volleyball. So it's a little bit about how that championship run at the high school level kind of gave you some experience making the jump up to D1 college volleyball at Weber State. Yeah, I think that it um, it, it was kind of cool. Actually, my, so we won my, my senior year and my sophomore year. So. So it was actually the first state championship that anybody 
actually. So it was a pretty cool experience to be a part of that and be able to be part of one of the first. I think that it definitely helped me to to be able to transition from high school to, um, it has been a couple of years, but being able to play in that kind of atmosphere, being loud and just the competition with the stress levels high, definitely translate into a college where it's kind of like that. There's a lot of people there, you know, it's different, but I definitely think that it helps me. And even my club experience got me prepared to start and be in those experiences before similar when I got here, but yeah. Nice. And so I mean, I I hear what you're saying, right? Where it's like, Hey, we played at a high level. And so making the jump to college, it's never going to be a one-to-one, right? It's always, there's always going to be some difference. Game is faster. I'm sure, you know, a, a conglomeration of more talented athletes, but, uh, but yeah, you seem to have made that transition. Well, um, Jessica Euler questions for, Sophomore setter, Kate Staniford, the professor. Yeah. So you had a red shirt season 2019. You finally got a chance to play spring 2021. So kind of what skills were you able to improve in the off season? And then what's really grown since you started uh, playing with the team in 2021? Yes. As you said, like my freshman year, I redshirted. And so I was able to, to come in as hard as that experience was it was very rewarding for me because I think it allowed to grow a ton in that especially that fall and that spring well part of snow and then the fall after that um it was it allowed me to be able to come I was and how it was ran and just being able to get used to playing with on me and just at that higher level that we kind of talked about before um um, but I think able to learn how to run the offense and, and set the way that, um, Jared, his setters to be. And so being able to have a little bit more of that time was for me, even though it was kind of a hard experience for me, it was definitely rewarding and, and change because I was given that opportunity to learn and to become better in every, just my setting and the way that I run things, I guess would be my best answer. I mean, it's it's a big responsibility, right? To, to take over and say, okay, um, Kate, the offense is yours now. Um, it's on you. (laughs) Let's, let's make it happen. Right. And so I imagine that, you know, having, having a little bit of time to kind of go through the motions and, you know, get to understand the way that Maya likes to do things probably helped you out a bunch. Definitely. So, so talking a little bit about that, right? I mean, we had Ashlyn Power on. I mean, she's, you know, probably one of the all-time great Wildcats, you know, now leads the conference in, in, um, in assists. Like she's just, she's an all-time great, not just at the, at the Weber state level, but at the big sky level. And, uh, last season was her last season. And so, so, uh, now you've taken over for that spot, those, those shoes to fill. Talk to us a little bit about that, the impact that Ashlyn had on you and kind of like some things you were able to learn from her uh, that you can now apply to, you know, your game now, because it's not going to be one-to-one, right? Like you're, you're, you're going to play the game your way, but talk to us a little bit about what you learned from her and kind of what you bring to the table because of having a relationship with her. Um, yeah, Ash is one of my, 
my favorite people on this planet. She's actually one of my best friends forever be grateful for and love that relationship that we have. Ever since she has always been so supportive and, and somebody that I could always turn to when you're like, I maybe redshirted, I didn't play. I kind of backed her up, up like she included. And throughout all of my years here at Weber, she, she taught me so much. And as sad as I was to see her go, everything that she did, everything that she possibly we could so that it made my, my my time because she went through all the hard things and um she you've had her on here before but she is very very resilient super supportive ton whether it was on the court or even off the court she, she taught me so and how to be an awesome friend and always just made me feel part of that. And even though like, yeah, I backed her up for the past three years or so that experience for anything, because being able to have the opportunity to play with her and then being able to play with her even longer, like she took her COVID year, like even though like I'd be in that setter position, um, I, I would never trade the opportunity that I had to be able to play from her even more like I just am very grateful for her and and me and she's just one of my best friends and I will always think very highly of her and be able to kind of take my setting style the way that I do it because obviously me and her are like but we do things differently like you said but um if I feel I can always be like okay like what are some of the things that Ash taught me, like how can the mark that she left here and continue on that legacy kind of, and it's allowed who I am and, and do things the way that I would do them, but also how of how to be a good leader and a teammate and a friend being able to apply those in this setting. She's just been somebody who's always been my rock and um, I've always been super grateful for her me. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that, you know, like you said, backing her up and, and learning from one of the best that's, that's ever done it, not just at, at Weaver State, but also in the conference, you know, and you can always kind of go back and draw on like, oh, yeah, this and, you know, talk about the things that you learn from her and then apply them. It's got to be worth its weight in gold, man. Yeah. And when you talk about learning from such a great leader and using those skills, when you think about the setter, the setter is a lot like the quarterback or the goalie of the team, right? So it's a big skill set to learn because you're kind of helping to manage everybody else. And so I think that'd be my next question of you've got a pretty big role. You've had a whole heck of a lot of experience for someone who's technically a sophomore right now. Um, how do you use that experience and kind of the leadership position that you have as a setter to kind of lead and guide the younger folks on the squad, the freshmen and sophomores. We, I mean, we definitely are young. We have quite a few freshmen and they're all awesome. And, and I think that um, just being able to be in, like I was able to be a part of the team that uh, went to the NCAA tournament and be able to play. and also. I mean, my fresh, my actual 
freshman year, 2019, we were, no, I didn't play. Like I got to be a part, part of that still and experience that. And then last year, go to the NIVC and play and um, just being able to have, I think, feeling that kind of atmosphere and the different faces, something things can be heightened just because it's a bigger, um, there's postseason tournaments, they're a big deal. Um, but yeah, I think that being able to has been good for me to be able to help the younger classmen because things that I go through, they're most likely going through right now or will go through a bit to empathize with them and talk to them and build that connection with them, I think is a big help. And that not only strengthens like, but it also does off the court. And as much as we love volleyball and volleyball is everything, you know, off the court means so much more. And those are relationships that we'll have for being able to create those relationships through, through the different experiences they'll go through, I think helps me to be a better leader and helps me be able to them in the direction that they want to go. And, uh, yeah, just, I think, but kind of yeah, like you said, that's pretty good. Yeah. And I think you're right. You've had some incredible experiences already with two major tournaments. Um, you've played with some awesome teammates, but I really like what you said about that, the importance of the relationships on and off the court, right? Because this is absolutely something that you're doing now, but you're growing together and building those relationships that you'll have for a long time to go. And I think it's that kind of leadership and relationship building that make your position as a setter and how you work with others even that much more important because it's not just a game. It is uh, all those relationships that y'all have. Yeah. Um, Kate, I want to talk a little bit about this season. Um, so not this weekend, but the weekend prior, uh, you all were down in Las Vegas. Um, big tournament. You know, we knew that UNLV was going to be there. They won that NIVC that you played in. Um, and so it was like, wow, okay. It's going to be UNLV, it's going to be St. John's, which is a good team from back East in New York. And then, you know, a, a fringe top 25 team in the University of Miami, Florida. So I wanted to ask a little bit about that UNLV game specifically, because it seemed like that was, you know, your best performance of the weekend. What in particular energized you to play at such a high level against a really good Mountain West opponent, right? Like that's probably a top four Mountain West opponent. And you just really had a great game against them. Kind of what, what was it about that? Was it preparation? Was it just energy because you were excited to be out there and play against them. Talk to us a little bit about that match in particular. Yeah. So, um, UNLV is a good team and a good matchup. They ended up winning the NIVC last year and um, exciting to be able to go play these hard teams because no matter what the outcome you can learn and you can grow from the experience and you can get better. Um, my there. I think just a big thing was I wanted to help my teammates the best that I can, but put them in positions where they could be successful and, and learning how to keep putting them in those different positions and helping them and, and finding ways to succeed was a big thing. Um, um, 
and and it showed um i think that in a way of going and fighting together and everybody having each other's back even if i was struggling if i put everything i had on the floor and something happened then would have my back and i think that that allowed me to go just play freely and play that I can to help them succeed and and yeah so I guess uh, you know just the the act of having teammates and you know like you said having some confidence that like the team is going to have your back we can go in and play a tough team because we're we're together as a unit and like it's house money let's just do what we want to do and I mean you guys came away with the dub which you know, when, when I saw the final score, I was like, Whoa, just beat you in LV three, one, like, Oh my gosh, that is a, that is a big win in this out of conference schedule, which is a tough one this year. Yeah. I think my last question for you, Kate is Colby's mentioned it a couple of times during the podcast, but we recently learned your nickname is the professor uh, from teaching volleyball classes on campus. So do you have a coaching career in your future? Um, I hope so. That's the plan. Um, my major right now is teaching. And so, so I would li- like to teach and I'd like to te- teach PE and then I have a promotion. So being able to teach PE and help, but coaching definitely is something I'm thinking a lot about. And, and I uh, obviously I teach this class. There's three different classes in one. Um, I have like 18 kids or so, so it's a lot of fun. They're, they're pretty good, um, even for just starting. And so I'm excited to see where that, that goes. Um, I, I do a bunch of camps every summer. Um, I coach at different um, during the springtime while we're in the off season. But it definitely is something that I, that I would like to pursue in the future. So we'll see what that holds for me. It'll be good things. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you have one heck of a start on it. So that's cool to hear. It is kind of fun. I really like it. So, so. yeah, man, camps and everything. Uh, that's a lot. So a lot for like <laughs> said, so much stuff for a sophomore. Like it's just, just crazy. The experience that you've got. Um, we put the question out on social media. We're like, hey, we've got the professor on tonight. Who would like to ask questions? And we got some questions on Instagram. And so uh, this is a question from somebody you know and love well. She wants to know, who is your favorite driver in in Kayla Crew? Driver? I would, it has to be Sammy. Obviously, Sammy Stewart. <laughs> the crew is the best car, just so everybody knows that but <laughs> uh another question from the same person who's your favorite blocking coach for your first three seasons my favorite blocking coach yeah um kayla morgan if any kayla morgan probably right she uh she's not um sadly she's not with us she's still but she's been awesome and she yeah we do miss her a lot um, um we love her and she's always there and but she was the best blocking coach for the past three years. Yeah, like you said, Kayla Morgan, um, still on campus now. She's a associate athletic director, uh, working up, you know, in an administrative role. 
but uh, still around. And so probably get to see her still around campus and in Club Swenson a fair bit. So yeah, we got those questions in. We're like, oh yeah, we got to ask these. These are too good not to ask. So no, those are good questions. <laughs> well, Kate Stanford, we want to thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Like we said, we know you all are busy. Uh, got a big week coming up. Uh, UVU on Thursday and then Utah State in Club Swenson on Saturday, which is going to be a really tough matchup. So want to wish you all the best of luck in your prep this week and also in your classes. And um, hopefully you can come away with some dubs because uh, these are some tough, tough matchups. But as we've seen already this season, I mean, the Wildcats can be up to the task, even though it's a young squad. They can uh, they can make some noise. No, thanks for having me. It's it's been fun being able to talk to you guys and everything. Yeah, thank you so much, Kate. We'll see you. Thank you. Man, I want to thank Kate Stanford, the professor, one more time for hanging out with us here on Weber State Weekly tonight. Um, first of many, I'm sure, because like we said a million times already, like just a sophomore now being tasked with you know setting duties. Jessica, I think that, man, like she's got a great career ahead of her, especially with she has that mind to coaching, right? Like I think that's going to pay dividends as the seasons wear on and she's coaching up her teammates, you know, making them better. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. And what a great role she's in to do exactly what she wants to keep doing forever. And it's fun that she already knows that. So it's and all the stuff she's doing. So yeah, definitely a fun conversation. Well, let's uh, let's move on and talk a little bit about this weekend's matches, because there were three. Uh, The Wildcats took a trip to Southern California. It was kind of this weird split tournament of sorts. Two matches at UC Irvine, one at Cal State Fullerton. They're not super far away from each other, um, but it is like a little bit of a a shuttle between the two. Right. So let's uh, let's start with the first one against the Anteaters. Uh, I was doing some research before and um, I, I I looked at the history between the two teams. The Anders like have the Wildcats number. The Wildcats have faced them three times now and they've been swept every time we face them. Every time the Wildcats have not been able to win a set off of the UC Irvine Anders. And I'm like, man, what is up with that? And so Jessica, I want to ask you, I mean, with this match in particular on, I think it was Thursday night. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think that kind of kept we were from playing their game? Cause we, we've seen how potent they can be. We talked about the weekend previous in Vegas downing UNLV, then St. John's, and then also taking a set from Miami, which nobody had done in the country to that point, right? Of course, the Wildcats do fall 3-1 to the Hurricanes, but taking a set in that match was, you know, unprecedented so far in the season. What was it about this matchup, though, that it was just like, ah, Wildcats couldn't couldn't get it, and they ended up getting swept out of the gym? Yeah, I spent a, a little bit of time watching the games and looking at stat sheets because I had a similar question last week. I was like, man, we've got them this year, right? And we actually had, you know, some pretty big scoring margins in a couple of those sets. So I think part of it is they're a little bit taller team than we are. And, you know, inches make a difference in a game like this. True. We had quite a few service errors, which we've had throughout games thus far. And I think, you know, that's something that we'll continue to refine and then craziness because clearly I had time to just look into stats. They have UC Irvine number one in the nation in assists per set. So I was just, you know, like, so they're a team that seems like they've just really meshed well together. And I think that we, we probably saw a lot of that. So there were some different factors, definitely some errors on our end where, you know, when we're, uh, going up to serve and it's not going over that's an easy point to give away you know and they they had less of those overall so it was a a pretty good looking matchup definitely one where we just have some errors going on on our side still 
Yeah, I think it's a good point on the service errors because, like you said, those are free points. Um, mm-hmm. That's tough, uh, especially you know we started hashtag a state last year because the Wildcats were so effective from the service line. You know, scored so many points from the service line. Um, they were just up there as one of the best serving teams in the country. And so with a lot of new recruits, I think that, you know, just give the coaching staff at Weaver State some time to work with them. I think that that'll get refined, right? Like yeah. you said, um, it's just, they're working through a lot of young folks, you know, f- folks getting, you know, like Kate getting really like first constant, consistent reps for the first time in their careers. And so, you know, Kate's a very good server. She was very good last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but just giving the other players a little bit of time to, to, get some coaching. I, I have full faith in Jeremiah Larson and his, his crew, you know, they're going to, they're going to coach these kids up and get them, get them up to snuff when it comes to the service line, you know, it's a big part of what he does. And so not to worry, but a good point with, you know, uh, assist per set, because when you have a team that is, you know, really comfortable in their system and they want to, and they're able to get it out where they need to. And also, you know, just good at, you know, really good defense, good at getting those digs and getting the ball back up in the air and back across yeah. the net. That's tough, right? I mean, that's just, that's a tough matchup. And I think the Wildcats saw that. Yeah, I think you're right. So, I mean, we talked about how you know, the offense seemingly was working for the Anteaters, but the offense was not really working super well for the Wildcats. They had, you know, they ended up for the match with a, a, a 130 hit percentage, um, a little bit, different than what we had seen uh, in the previous weekends. Um, I mean, is that the growing pains? We talked about that there would be growing pains this year, right? And so do you feel like like that's that's part of it? Like, oh, there's like the offense just wasn't clicking this weekend because uh, we'll talk about the next two matches in, in a bit. But um, the, the offense in this particular match just wasn't flowing. And do you think that, like I said, that's just growing pains, still gelling? What do you think? I think part of it absolutely is that, you know, once again, when, when you look at the stat line here, we had 20 attack errors, right? Like that's rather high. When you're watching the game, you're seeing us, we're hitting it out of bounds quite a bit, you know, and part of that just follow through on the kill that we're working to refine. Um, and I think the other thing, just, you know, going back to what I said a second ago, is that we're a tall team. So they're a little bit intimidating at the net. And I think that that can lead to getting in your head a little bit and some of those unintended errors. But really, I think any of those pieces that I just mentioned go back to growing pains, right? Like this is something that we're continuing to refine. We're meshing as a team and um, we'll start to work through those the more we play together. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you know, it's a young team, like we said, a lot mm-hmm. of new faces going to take a little bit of time we talked about you know that's why we kind of like the way that the schedule set up it kind of ramps up to some of the best teams in the in the conference as things you know heat up and so that gives the team time to ramp up and so rough weekend but um hopefully opportunities to kind of get better make mistakes now in the out of conference mm-hmm. and then when it comes tournament time you know hopefully they can make some noise yeah um, but there was a win this weekend. Uh, the Wildcats, uh, they ended up falling to UC Irvine. Like we said, three sets to none, got swept out of the gym. But then uh, the next day, they took on Gonzaga uh, of the West Coast Conference. And uh, looking through this one, man, because this game was not televised. It was just live stats. Uh, this one was interesting because it was a game of runs, right? Like they would, they would, the Wildcats, you know, maybe they were neck and neck and then bam, they would just like break off like a, a run of like five, six, seven points, bam, bam, bam. And then it was just really out of out of Gonzaga's reach, right? The offense it seemed had a had a flip in this match, and they were just they were going. And so, I wanted to ask you, like, 
it seemed like, of course, the offense was working, but also, I mean, Gonzaga struggled to find the floor. You know, they just did not score a lot of points against the Wildcats. And so how much do you think it was the defense sort of inspiring the offense? Like, do you think that that's a thing in volleyball? They talk about it in basketball, but I mean, is it a thing in volleyball as well? Uh, you know, I haven't really thought about it that way. I think it certainly could be right. Anytime you get momentum, you're going to keep momentum. And so I think that it works both ways, right? Offensive and offense inspiring defense, defense inspiring offense. If I'm getting getting up there and getting a kill, then I'm going to be more likely to get up and get a block later on. So I think that there's probably something to it. And this is one where we did a heck of a lot better, right? We had a whole heck of a lot less errors um, on our attack errors. We were at 12 as opposed to 20 in the prior game. Um, and I, I think that, that sort of thing makes a big difference. And we spread it out, right? So certainly our veterans on the team, Danny and Emma and Bailey um, played well, but we also, like we've talked about over a couple episodes here, we have Ashley Knighting showing back up and, Sane doing well. So it's nice to see. It feels like this is really evidence of when we're meshing and gelling together. Like this is what it can look like. And, you know, Gonzaga is one that I bet if we looked at the stat sheet, we've, we've beat them before if we played them. So. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a history there. You know, the Zags have, um, there's a, there's this history going back to the eighties. You know what I mean? So this is not, that's not like a a first time we've seen this team. It's been a little while it's been about six seven years but i mean before usually play them now on a neutral site so it's it's fine but uh but yeah i think that you know looking through the stat sheet because that's all we had on this one Mm -hmm. um you're i think you're right that this one was really led by the more experienced players on the team right like danny Mm -hmm. ends up leading all um all players with 11 kills um emma mangum right there tying her with 11 kills bailey bodily with eight kills you know and i think it's kind of funny because we talk about bailey bodily who just finished her freshman season last year now in her sophomore season but just having that playing with the experienced team last year that that the wildcats had probably helped you know jump her forward and just looking through it's like yeah i mean all of the folks who played last year at a high level or had experience playing with the team that played at a high level they showed up in this match and you know the wildcats got back on the right track because they were on a two match losing streak at that point, right? They had lost to Miami and then yeah. you start the, the weekend losing to Irvine, the anteaters. And it's like, okay, now you come in, sweep Gonzaga, you know, and take care of business against them. Just boom, boom, boom. Um, I think that that, that made a big difference having that experience show up because 25, 18 in the first set, 25, 23 in the second set, it was competitive. Then 25, yeah. 15 in the third, like, it was, it was done at that point. They were ready to go home, you know? (laughs) Yep. Um, Final thoughts on the Gonzaga match before we move on to Fullerton. Well, I think just what you were saying, I think it was a good win to get in after having two games that we lost. Right. So I'm super glad we had that match in there because I think it, it gets us excited keeps us going. Yeah. I think it would have been tough on uh, it's a young team, like we said, and I think that mental maturity comes with experience right and you know yeah. when you're in a funk and so it's like if you had gone oh for three this weekend plus lost the last match in vegas um that might got a little bit right because now yeah. you know we'll talk about this in a second but there's a couple of really tough matches coming up in state for the wildcats this week and you know taking the trip to orem to play uvu who have been recent tournament team 
And then also Utah State coming to Club Swenson to take on the Wildcats. I mean, they're, they've had some serious ones. They've already beat number 11 UCLA. Uh, they've played, you know, they've hung tough against a good pit team. Like, I mean, these guys are, they're good. And so yeah. I think that yeah. like, had they gone of three this weekend going into this week, it probably would have been like bad news. Right. But, uh, hopefully that W in, in between kind of helped buoy spirits a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about the final match um, against Cal State Fullerton. Danny Richens did not play. Um, I guess she ended up being hurt for this one. Um, some sort of minor injury. From what I understand, like she will be back this week, but didn't play. And so we saw a little bit of shift. That meant Michaela Sorensen playing as outside hitter, which apparently she did in high school. We've seen a little bit of that this season already. Um, and so she came in and she had no kid game. She had some, she had some uh, career highs. But uh, man, this Fullerton game was another tough one, right? Yeah. Um, go back to the Danny Richens injury. I mean, are we worried about that? Do you think that it's something, from what I'm hearing, she's going to play this week, but do you think that it has an effect on the remainder of the season? Because sometimes that can happen. You know, you come back from an injury, like, no, 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 but you're really not 100%. Yeah, she had her knee taped up in the UC Irvine game, I noticed. Once again, you know, we didn't see Gonzaga, so I didn't know if it was still there. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. I do think, you know, if it's if she's coming back to play, that gives me a lot of hope, right? So let's just work through it. I'm sure we've got her going through PT and everything to get ready to come back. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's something that you run into as an athlete where you just need to take a little bit of a break and work through that. So I'm, I'm just going to have hope at this point and say, yeah, she's going to be fine and come back better than ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I hope so. Right. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. she's the reigning big sky conference MVP. I mean, we know how, how dangerous she is. I mean, uh, just, just talking a little bit about where she's at, you know, in terms of like all time wildcat stuff, she's now, in the top 10 in wildcat history in, in career kills. Right. And, oh, wow. I mean, you know, and that's going to continue to climb as she goes through the season. Obviously um, she was hurt. Like we said, in that Fullerton match, but, uh, but I mean, we've already seen greatness from, from Danny Richens. And I think that we'll continue to see that she's such a huge part of this team. So missing her there, I think probably has an impact on this match uh, in a way that, you know, if she had played, maybe it's a W, you know, I agree. And it was, this was a close one, right? Like there were no complete blowouts. And I think that whenever you look at it, certainly when you have to adjust and you're, you know, with Michaela playing in position, she's not playing all the time and you, you have a team that's gelling and then you throw a wrench in it. I think that's going to impact folks for sure, especially, you know, once again, being a younger team. So I think they did well considering that they uh, made those changes and, um, so, so we'll, we'll see what's to come. Yeah. Um, one, one player that really stood out in this, uh, in this Cal state Fullerton game was Brielle Rickard. She is, you know, the all American, um, middle blocker who came in, uh, from Pleasant Grove. Oh, is that right? Oh, they're going to shoot me now. I can't remember if it was Pleasant Grove. Uh, <laughs> if it's not Pleasant Grove, I'm very sorry. Uh, but you know, came in from Utah County, uh, I believe. And, you know, has, has not had a little you know, the freshmen have had opportunities this season. Uh, this was a big game for her. She had a 727 hit percentage on an eight of 11 attempts. He was just yeah. finding the floor. And so now we've seen Sonny Katoa. Uh, we've seen Ashley Knighting. She had a good game here. We've seen now Brielle Rickert have good matches, but they all have been at different times. 
So, I mean, do you think that that's a function of just needing to play together a little bit more to gel? Because it seems like everybody's had their their high points. I mean, Sonny Katoa, just a, a couple of weeks ago, being named Conference Player of the Week. I mean, yeah. do you think that it's just, it's just a matter of time? Because if, if they can be consistent and everybody's firing at the same time, man, that's a dangerous team, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's exactly what we're waiting for. It looks like Timview High School for Brielle. Um, so yeah. Provo, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think that's exactly it. I think we're seeing just how incredible each of these players are. Um, and then I, I think you're spot on. So when it's not just on each of them, it's all of them together. I think we're going to kick butt. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, still looking for some of that consistency, I think, yeah. um, offensively, because... Like you said, there were no blowouts in this one, um, but sometimes it's, I don't know, some, what's worse to, to lose close or to get blown out? You just, yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Heavens, I don't ever want to have to pick. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, in, you know, mentioning Pleasant Grove, I think I was thinking Ashley Knighting, you know, she, oh, yeah. she Pleasant Grove High, so that's probably what I was thinking there. But Real Rickert, Tim View High, sorry if you're listening. I don't know if, I don't know if Pleasant Grove and Tim View are rivals, but... Uh, I always that one. So like, Obi, didn't you go to like Bonneville? Like, how dare you? I went to Roy High. Don't don't you put that even? <laughs> Colby, like, no, I did not go to Fremont. I went to Roy High. <laughs> um, so one last thing I wanted to mention here because a name that we haven't said a lot. Uh, well, we said it a little bit here tonight, but I think that uh, a name that should be shouted out here is Bailey Bodily was pretty consistent throughout the the weekend, right? Like she yeah. was always in kills. You know, you, you would always see her name on the stat sheet as somebody who was contributing, not necessarily leading the pack because, you know, playing middle blocker, that's not necessarily a thing that she's going to do, but right. making those contributions. And, and I think I like, I like what we're seeing with her with the progression, right? We had her on last week uh, to talk a little bit about her experience. And it seems like, you know, she's taking the most, she's making the most of the opportunities that she's getting this season, just like she did last season. Mm-hmm. Yep. agreed. Yeah, she's a dang good player and a fun interview. So yeah, she was fun, huh? Yeah. Um, all right. So like we said, unfortunately, the Wildcats fall three one to the Titans of Cal State Fullerton. Uh, and that closed out the weekend. They went, they go one of two. They are now five and four on the season, tied for second place in the conference. Conference schedule is or the conference standings are just so weird right now, man. Like Idaho State is up. I think they're like they are like second or something, aren't they? Yeah, they're one right now. I think oh okay. And, six and five, I think, or something like that. They've got one more win than the three teams that are just below them. And that's like Weber State, Northern Colorado, I think Sac State, who just had a really big win. I'll have to go back and look who they beat, but uh, they had a big you know, win. And so it's just the conference standings right now. I don't know what to make of them. They just seem so weird because it's like, is Idaho State really that good? I didn't expect them to be this good. Uh, and so just ignoring the conference standings. I don't think we've played enough for it to count yet. That's right. what I'm going to say. And out of conference schedules are so different, right? Like yeah. Some teams really push themselves and, and they play hard teams like we've seen with the Wildcats. I mean, as much as I hate to say it, Northern Colorado has been doing that as well. They've been yeah. playing tough teams and they've been beating, beating some of them, right? Yeah. And so I think that not all out of conference schedules are comp- are created equally. And so I think that's maybe what we're seeing is that like Idaho State is benefiting from kind of a soft schedule once yeah. conference play get started, which it will here in about a week. Um, we're going to see things start to settle down a little bit, take the shape that we yeah. thought in the preseason. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're spot on with that. 
So let's talk a little bit about now our game. So like we said, um, we've got Waldo's Magic 8-Ball for the first time in Season 3. So we've we've polished it. We've shaken it up. It's ready to go. And uh, we're ready for the first question. So Jessica, I wanted to get your first question about one of the freshmen. Is there uh, some wisdom that you'd like to glean from Waldo's Magic 8-Ball about this freshman class? Well, there is, but... Waldo's magic eight ball tends to be non-committal with me, but I'm going to give him a try. It's true. Um, Has been that way. So right now, speaking of conference standings, Sané is number four in the conference in blocks. So does Sané finish in the top five in the conference in blocks? Okay. A good question, right? Because she's had uh, a really good out of conference schedule, already been mm-hmm. player of uh, conference player of the week. Yep. Let's shake Waldo's magic eight ball and ask, Let's do it. will, will Sonic Katoa be in the top five in blocks by the time the dust settles at the end of the season? Shaking Waldo's magic eight ball. And our answer is, come on, come on, come on. Oh, my sources say no. We're off <gasps> to a salty start. Oh, okay. Ouch. I know right out the gate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, okay. I'm going to ask my question then. So my question is we have yet to ask see one. Rose- Okay, I was just going to say, ask one that's not going to hurt so much when... Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, we have yet to see Rose Moore. Um, she was another one of those All-Americans that, you know, committed to Weber State in this freshman class. She's been injured with some knee problems, from what I understand. Uh, and so, um, really hoping to see her this season. And so, my question is, uh, you know, but it may not happen. You know, maybe maybe something that, that lingers, and so she'll have to redshirt this year, which is understandable. So, my question to Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, will we see Rose Moore in a Wildcat uniform this season gate ball the answer is uh, outlook says not so good wow we are off to an awful start this season that's we're oh for two. Oh, yeah oh for two okay <laughs> okay because i know what i want to ask next so okay. all right so let's move on let's talk a little bit about we talked just a second ago about the conference standings so jessica i wanted to give you a chance to ask waldo's magic eight ball a question about those conference standings because like we said they're really weird right now Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to actually, I'm going to go softball with Waldo's magic eight ball here nice and, easy. and okay. say, um, are the conference standings going to level themselves out? And we're going to see Weber state, Northern Colorado one, two here in the next few weeks. Okay. Waldo's shaking Waldo's magic eight ball. Will the conference standings level out and take the shape that we thought they would my reply is no. So uh, what? I'm done with magic- Waldo. I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> chaos? Is that is that what that means? Conference chaos in the big sky? This Idaho year? State sweeps us. Never anticipated it. Okay. Yeah. Idaho Let's State see. wins the conference. Who knows? Um, yeah. Oh, I'm buying man, you okay. a new Magic 8 ball. That's what I'm doing after this. Oh, yeah. So a, a team that I've been watching kind of closely um, in the, you know, talking about conference standings is I've been really, really surprised at the play of Montana state. Um, mm-hmm. I expected them to be a lot better than they've been. I mean, when they played the wildcats last season, I mean, when they played in Bozeman, that was a tough yeah. match when they played again in Ogden, when they played in the conference tournament, they took them to five, you know, like Montana yeah. state was a team that I fully expected to be a top four team this season. Right. That mm-hmm. has not been the case thus far. They have really dropped some games that have shocked me because I thought they were a better team than that. And so my question to Waldo's Magic 8-Ball is, you know, sort of outside of Weber State, but within the conference, are the Bobcats going to right the ship or will they continue to sink? Because right now things are looking a little bit dire. Shaking Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. The answer is very doubtful. 
So, uh, <laughs> first of all, that's another salty answer. So we haven't gotten a good answer yet. Um, mm -hmm. What's up with that? But also, um, that's bad news for the Bobcats if it's if it if it's actually true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Final questions, Jessica, for Walden's Navigate Ball. Then we could be done with this because it's not exactly going the way we had hoped. Um, it hurts the feeling. <laughs> questions about matches now after all the answers we've gotten i'm like i don't know if i want to ask right but here we go so we pulled off the upset in football against utah state i think arguably if we beat them in volleyball we will be pulling off the upset again because they've beat like you mentioned some really good teams so far um so will we continue the, you like how much energy I come in with this and I know what Walter's Magic 8-Ball is going to tell me. Will we come off with two upsets in a seven-day period? Okay. That's a great question. Shaking Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. Will we see two upsets of the Aggies? My reply is no. Man. Oh my what God. is the deal? I don't even want to ask my question now because it's just been bad answer after bad answer. We, we have not gotten one positive answer out of Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. Is this all like bad juju from, you know, the, the summer of not being used? I don't know. I think Waldo's magic eight ball woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> feels that way. We have not gotten a single positive answer yet. So my question is this. Um, you asked, you know, about the upset, uh, potential upset on Saturday. I'm interested to see this UVU game because mm -hmm. UVU, like we said, is a team that has been in the conference or has been in the national tournament in, in recent years. Uh, they went to the NCAA tournament the same year that the Wildcats did. Mm -hmm. um, they were WAC champions that year. Following year, last year, um, went against the Wildcats at, at Club Swenson. It was a close match. Like I thought we were, the Wildcats were going to lose. Uh, mm -hmm. We ended up coming back and winning that, that match in five sets and uh, retaining the streak on Club Swenson's floor. So I don't know what to expect now because we've seen them be a very good team. The Wildcats yeah. you know, are, are working some things out. So my question to Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, will it be competitive? between the Wildcats and the Wolves on Thursday night. <laughs> Way to come in with a softball for Walter's Magic 8 ball there. <laughs> you, you've seen what it's given us tonight. So I did. Shoot. I respect how you framed that question. Will the Wildcats be competitive against the Wolverines? Ask again later. What does that mean? I'm asking again now. Do it. Will the Wildcats be competitive against the Wolverines on Thursday? The answer? Don't count on it. Oh my gosh, dude. I'm uh, All right. I'm done. We'll I don't want to play this game ever again. I don't want to play this game anymore. So let's move on because that was okay. bad answer after bad answer after bad mm -hmm. answer. So some some bad vibes from Waldo's Magic A Ball right now. So let's look at the upcoming schedule. Like we said, Thursday, September 15th, Wildcats will take the trip down to Orem to take on the Wolverines of UVU. Uh, that match will start at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can watch it on ESPN Plus like me or you can hit the road. Orem's not that far away. Go be in their gym. I All Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, bad juju aside, you can go down to Orem and watch them play. Then on Saturday, September 17th, the Wildcats return home for the first time in a couple weeks uh, and face Utah State. Like we said, this is going to be a tough match. Utah State has a very quality team, and they've already got some quality wins under their belt. Their belt. So make sure you get to Club Swenson on Saturday, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, buy your tickets at WeaverStateSports.com uh, or like me, just watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Um, and then when you're done, go over to the tailgate. Go over and tailgate and then go to the football game. Wildcats taking on Utah Tech this weekend at Stewart Stadium. So a lot to like this weekend. Uh, then next week, we start conference play. 
Wildcats, Thursday, September 22nd, take the trip up to Portland to play Portland State. It's going to be a tough game. Portland State is going to, I think, going to be a good team. Um, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, that game will be on ESPN+. Plus. And then Saturday, September 24th, back at Club Swenson to take on the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. That match will be at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, you can buy your tickets at WeberStateSports.com or ESPN+, Plus, but buy your tickets. Just go. It's fun to be at Club Swenson. Then finally, Friday, September 30th, uh, taking the trip, quick trip up to Pocatello to take on Idaho State. We'll see what they're all about for real. Uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for that one. Uh, you can hit the road and go up to Pocatello or just watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Then Thursday, October 6th, taking the trip up to Cheney at Eastern Washington, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on ESPN+. Plus. So that's the show. We're going to wrap it up. WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com is how to email us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our Patreon, and then, of course, the blog. I was supposed to... I, I need to go back and check. We were supposed to have grades from Saturday's win, and we haven't... I got to check and see if our panel has given me grades. We have like half of them in, so should be some sort of content on the blog coming up soon, uh, grading Saturday's performance by the football team against Utah State. want to thank Jessica Euler once again for hanging out with us here on Weber State Weekly. Always grateful to have you on and hear your insights. Yep, love being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and so we'll wrap it up like we always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. Great, great. Go, go Wildcats. Oh.